The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that we have to come together this evening, Lord. Just please, uh, uh, please bless me this evening. Give me uh, uh, wisdom, and, and Lord, uh, may my words uh, be true, and, and Lord, may you work through me, and may we all have ears and hearts that are open to hear, Lord. Just uh, please bless us, and thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the, uh, the sermon topic, is, or the title is Heart That Hears. And uh, so I, I've come tonight to discuss hearing God's word. You know, it, it's, there's times that we come and we sit and I know that as we listen, that we have to question what we're thinking about at times and how tuned in we should be to God's word. Um, but do we always get everything or do we sometimes start daydreaming, right? You know, thinking about work. Um, those things that get in the way in life, we should be tuned into God's word. So we should have receptive ears and an open heart to hear. So heart that hears is, is my topic. Um, if you'd be willing, if you could stand and open up your Bibles to Luke 8, 18, I would appreciate that. I'll wait till you get there. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Luke, maybe bouncing back and forth a little bit, but we'll be in Luke mainly this evening. Luke eight eighteen. Everybody there? Ready? Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whatsoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not... From him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. You may be seated. This whole portion of scripture here, of course, is a good piece of scripture. As you read through it and you look at what Christ is talking about here, although we're not going to dwell in it. Spreading, the God's, spreading God's word and spreading the gospel is, is the topic of that section. Um, at the end there, Luke is telling us not to be negligent with God's word when we're in the presence of it. We're to take in the truths of God's word and those teachings. And we're not just to hear them, but we're supposed to take them in and teach them to others. We're supposed to use those gifts that God has given us. Sharing and teaching, whatever they may be. If we don't use those, if we don't share them, what God has given us, he will take them away. We're not using them. We'll be left to our own devices, right? So what are we supposed to be doing when someone's preaching? Maybe not me. You can do whatever you want right now. But when pastor's preaching, what are you supposed to be doing? Right? I mean, should you be writing checks? Some of us have done that, right? I, I've seen you. You know what I'm talking about. Um, 
I'm guilty of it too. I mean, should we be having conversation if it's not about what is being talked about, pastor is talking about? Uh, Some of us have been caught sleeping. Brother Tabor. Um, (laughs) Daydreaming, texting in today's word, but you know, or, or today's world. But what about tweeting? You didn't know that? Seen that too. We should be hearing God's word, and while it's being taught, we shouldn't do those kinds of things. And and I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes I nudge my wife, or I'm watching my kids, I get distracted. When we hear God's word, we're supposed to take it in, and we're supposed to use it. We're not really supposed to take it in, and then analyze it, filter it, do whatever we want with it, and then throw it out, right? We're supposed to take it in and use it. Scripture is given by, uh, excuse me, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 2 Timothy 3.16. So if we use that in conjunction with what Luke is talking about in 8.18, we need to take in what we have and then use it for his glory, right? So what we hear here today and what we hear every day, we should then bring back out to the people we work with, to the people we come in contact with. We should feed those lambs every once in a while, right? That's what Christ wants us to do. In James 1.18, of his own will, he begot us with the word of truth that we should be the kind of first fruit creatures Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, excuse me, the righteousness of God, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive the meekness of the engrafted word, that's engrafted into us, which is able to save your souls. And then in 22, the clincher is, but be ye doers of the word, And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Hear and follow God's word. Just don't sit. Just don't listen. And deceive your own selves. James goes on in that next verse in 23 and says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in glass. What does that mean? So if I'm listening and I'm not doing, I'm looking at the glass. Glass is a reflection of ourselves, right? So it's not the real thing. He's saying don't be a counterfeit Christian. How much is a fake $100 bill worth? Looks like the real thing. My past life working in big box stores, I would get fake 20s. I swear they were real. You look at them and you flip them around and then you look close just right and there's just one little thing that's wrong because they've gotten that good with these printers. How much is a fake silver dollar worth? Not much. (laughs) Looks like the real thing. So what do we hear when we read this aloud? Luke 19, 12 through 27. 12. I'll wait, to you to, I'll wait for you to get there if you like. Luke nineteen twelve. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman. This is right after 
Zacchaeus, salvation of Zacchaeus. He's in Zacchaeus' home with everyone there. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. Of course, this is in reference to himself. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Occupy, of course, means be busy with, work with. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained in trading. There was like a business proposition, right? Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto them, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little... Have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money, excuse me, my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury. And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath, shall be, shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies would not, that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. So as we go back up, those ten servants, those are God's chosen. The citizens are the people in the world. Of course, we have the one who gained 10. What is that? Decoupling and then quintupling, right? We, we, we take it and we magnify it. And then we have one who hid it away and then said, you're taken from me. What you, it's not even yours, right? It's not, not, not work that you put into it. So he's challenging and he's saying it's not even yours to take from. So I have this question. So as I, as I was working on this, I have to ask this question of myself daily, weekly, hourly, every time I come in contact with someone. Am I showing love to Christ by finding and feeding his lambs? Romans ten fourteen. How then shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Are my ears open? Are your ears open? How shall they hear if you're hiding the gospel away in your napkin? Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20. 
And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Then if we look back, if your finger's still there, Luke 19, 26, for I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he shall be, he that hath shall be taken away from him. So then we go back to the beginning, Luke 18, take heed therefore how you hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Whew. I'm not always using my gifts. And I'm not always using them to be fruitful. I'm just like you. I'm not, I'm not always feeding the lambs. So, do you feel comfortable with that? Do you feel like we don't need to feed? The lambs in the world, are we uncomfortable? Pastor uh, used this verse earlier today, and I thought it was perfect. 1 Timothy 4.2, is my, right? So I'm pointing at myself, is my conscience seared with a hot iron? Or better yet, is my heart hardened at times? I mean, I, I come to church, we drive, we were driving two hours to get here. Oh, wow. Makes me better than most of you because I drove two hours to get here. Right? I mean, we tithe, not lifting myself up and say we tithe, so we, and we have fairly good attendance. We're not here on Wednesday nights. So I work, and it, by the time we close, we, we, you know, we can't get here in time. So we got fairly good attendance. I sit here and listen to pastor preaching, Dalton, maybe another guest up here. I missed a little bit of Tabers, but I heard most of it. But am I really showing Christ that I love him? I, I have the opportunity. I'm in San Francisco. I got, I've got people coming to the store. There are ways, which I'll speak about in a little bit, that we can still spread the gospel we just have to think outside the box sometimes. We think it's always about knocking on doors. Right? That works sometimes, right? We have missionaries who come and do that. And we used to have a ministry that did that here. When I, when I came, we used to do that. Didn't see a lot of fruit come from that. But that's one way. We don't have to have somebody with a box, a soapbox standing out in uh, Santa Rosa Square. With a big signboard, everybody's going to hell. We don't have to do that. There are other ways to do it. I'm not making fun. I'm, I'm saying you can do those kinds of things. Um, the question is whether or not you do anything. The question is, is whether or not I personally do anything. Or do I pick and choose which piece of scripture I find important? Do I pick and choose to 
make myself feel self-righteous. Right? Because we can all talk the talk. And we can all walk the walk, right? But are we really doing what, uh, what Christ wants us to do? In John 6, 55 through 56, he's talking about his flesh, right? Eating his flesh, drinking his blood. And then in 660, many of the disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Right? Is it a hard saying? Is feeding a lamb a hard saying? We talked about this, what was it, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago I was up here. John 21 through 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto him, Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord. Actually, Dalton did it last week, right? Thou knowest that I loveth thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. We put that John 6.60 in there. Many of his disciples, therefore, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? I think that's what I do. Do you? How can we find, or how can we use our gifts to find sheep, in this case lambs, to feed? Give you one clue. Second Titus 2.14. He who gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So if you're in a service industry, right? Not all of us do the same things. If you're in a service industry, how can you show that you're a peculiar person? Excellent customer service. Go above and beyond. Smile before people get to you. When they greet you, be excited to see them. What about if you're in an industry where you're working hard? What if you're working on a car, right? Grease monkey. Do excellent work. Go above and beyond. When your employer, if you're still working, asks you to do something, do your work to the glory of God. It's a testimony to your employer if they're unsaved, which many of them are. Your co-workers are. Be a peculiar employee. Be a peculiar employer if you're an employer. Love your employees. They'll wonder why you're so weird. Right? If you're a peculiar employee, people will go, why are you so happy? Why are you smiling so much? And sometimes it's really hard to smile. But do it. Do it for the glory of God. How hard is this to hear? Because we don't do it. Is it because we don't like to work? Some of us think work is a necessary evil, right? It's an end to a means. I think most people think that. I don't think that's the biblical principle. I think when we say that, we're in the worldly principle. All you got to go back to the beginning of your book and look in Genesis, right? 
And the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Sounds a little bit like work to me. He wasn't there to lounge around and get a suntan. Working it. So regardless of you think, oh, work is hard today. Smile, go in. Be happy when somebody says, hey, I need you to do this. When do you need me to do it? How fast can I get it done? You want me to do it now? Power is going out. Do we have selective hearing? When we think of the worldly sense, there are really two kinds of hearing, right? The first is when you're having a conversation with someone and, and you give them the whole story and you think they're listening and then halfway through they have no idea what you're talking about, right? Hopefully that's not when we're listening to you preaching. Check those notes. You need to check the note sheets on the way out the door. As a parent, which I have a few kids, it can be frustrating, right? Um, when I'm asking my kids to do something or not do something, I think one of my oldest is taking notes right now. Either he's, or he's not listening, right? So you see that. Um, <laughs> I will usually get their attention, right? You, you may or may not have seen this. So I'm, when I'm wanting them to do something, I need to take a little drink of water here. They'll start doing something or they're already doing something. Hey, guys. Oh, they looked up. Did you hear that? <laughs> They'll usually say something like, yes, sir. But, I mean, this is great, right? Amen. Yes, sir. But they really have no idea what I've been asking them. As a parent, you can all attest to that. And then they go right back to doing whatever they were doing. Whether it was something I wanted them to do or not to do. They're just going to do whatever they were doing. So that's, that's, that's tuning in and tuning out. I think... Men and women have different hearing. <laughs> Amen to my wife. Um, well, my wife comes to me, which is often, and I, I try to listen. My selective hearing kicks in. I mean, I, I ask her. I forget half of what she says, even before she says it. In fact, no joke, she doesn't even tell me things anymore for fear I will forget three days later and go, what are we doing? So, I mean, I, I have this. Now, ladies have it a little bit different. So, selective hearing for ladies is just a slight change. Here's an example that I found where a gentleman's telling a story about his wife. This was on the web. And he's talking about how his wife had a sore throat for several days and she had an upset stomach. She'd been popping antacids for a little while and on the third day she's feeling better. So she decides to take a ride with her husband. Well, you know, you get the signs that come by and it's Taco Bell and Burger King and everywhere else. And she sees one that 
It's appetizing. <laughs> and she says, let's stop for some food. And he says, you just got over being really sick. Now you're thinking of eating greasy food again? This is where it differs men and women. Because if you said that to me, I go, yeah, my stomach's feeling better. She hears, you don't need to eat fattening foods. If you really want to fit into that dress you bought for that wedding next month, that's what wives hear. You got to be careful with that, guys. <laughs> I don't eat greasy food, she says. What about the sausage and pepper sandwiches you always get at the feasts? And then, you get them, she points out. I only take a bite if I want one. Well, okay, but it's a bite. He says, remember your stomach. You think I look fat? I didn't say that. I didn't say the word fat. You implied it. Wait a minute. Did you actually hear me say the words fat and stomach together? Well, no. You're assuming. It's difference between men and women, right? In the spiritual world, we have the same thing. We have selective and assumptive. The person either hears God's word and ignores it. Of course, we're talking about when our hearts are hardened. Or doesn't think it applies to them, or even further, hates it because it sounds condemning and not freeing. Selective hearing. It's your heart, not your ears. Heart that hears. It's your heart that governs your, governs your will, your thoughts, and your desires. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is at enmity with God, against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. And then you flip into uh, uh, Mark seven twenty one. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, and so on. For from within and out the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murders. Mark goes on to list some things that proceed out of our hearts. And then in 723, finishes with the statement, all, all these things come from within and defile a man. The man, excuse me. So it's our heart. If you have an unsaved, unregenerate heart, what does it do with the message? It offends the hearer, unless God has called them, right? Or he changes it to his or her liking, Right? I hear what I want to hear. I apply it the way I want to apply it. Or in other times, as in earlier in Luke 8, it just falls away. It's on stony ground. It grows up and it doesn't really go anywhere. Because to the unsaved sinner, it's just like a foreign language. But what do we say about our selective hearing? When we sit here and listen to preaching... Do we take mental notes, right? Do we have our note sheets? There's no command that says you have to have note sheets. That's our thing. I'm sure that, you know, go back 150, 200 years ago, they didn't have everybody sitting in pews like this and, you know, have little yellow sheets that they had. But they kept track. People wrote in margins of their Bibles and all sorts of things, if they had a Bible. Do you take notes, mental or otherwise? Do you ask questions? Do you discuss it with other members of the church? Hey, that was pretty interesting. What did he mean by that? What's he talking about? Hey, pastor, what, what did you mean when you said this? 
Do we have a better understanding of God before we came and when we left? Do we have an understanding of what God wants of us? Most importantly, do we have a desire to do those things? It's not about just coming in here on Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> Woo! Seventh-day Baptist, that's what I am, by the way. Um, it's not about coming in here on Sunday and getting recharged. We'll talk a little bit about edification in a second, but just getting recharged and then going home and going throughout our week just doing the same thing we do all the time. We should use the gifts that God has given us, but we need to make sure that we're in tune with God's word to begin with. So it's not just that we don't do it. You may call it witnessing yourself. I call it feeding the lamb. That's what Christ called it. You can call it going out on the highways and the hedges. Right? Sing the song as you go. But you're not going to be fruitful unless you're in tune with God. So you've got to think about what God is telling us. Are you, our selective hearing usually starts with separating with, from God by doing, do I abstain from appearances of evil? This is my don'ts. Do I abstain from f fleshly lusts? Am I avoiding or am I hanging out with troublemakers? Am I being profane? My guilt is vain babblings. That's me. Are you praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ? We all need prayer. Are you praying for each other? Are we awakening and trying to be righteous for the glory of God? B, maybe we should be baptized? I don't know. Should we always be abounding in the work for the Lord? This is a hard one. Christ tells us this, going back to work. Be content with your wages. Be not hypocrites in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, please take the mote out of Brother Tabor's eye. Oh yeah, I have my own. Got to take that out. Be not conformed to the world. Be aware of covetousness. Be aware of hypocrisy. How about this? Do good to them that hate you. I'm in a service industry. Some people just don't like you. You're supposed to be nice to them. You're supposed to be nice to our brothers and sisters here. You're supposed to be nice to those even in the world. Do all to the glory of God. Do we do all those things? How about this hard one? Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Submit one to another. Submit to God. Submit wives to husbands. Husbands, you know, love their wives like Christ. Love what? Yeah. I'm guilty of that. So there's lots of things I need to approve upon. I need to pray about. I need to ask for forgiveness. 
just like those Christians you were talking about earlier who weren't here on every Sunday. There's lots of things that we should be concerned about. The list goes on. If you need a refresher, just open up your Bible. <laughs> you know the problem. We, you hardly even notice when you've got this problem because you'll click in and out as the preaching goes on. You're distracted. You're worried about things. We're, we're told not to worry. We're told to give it all to the glory of God, right? We're told not to stress out about those things. When we start to worry, all these other things start to happen that are bad too. So we need to come in and we need to come here and get edified. We need to bring it out to the world and feed lambs. Bring them in and feed them as sheep. It's his job to feed the sheep. It's our job to go find the lambs and bring them in. But we need edification. So we need open ears and we need a soft heart. And we need to be edified. So when we go out there, we're doing it for the will of God. Edification. What is that? That's a big word. Edification is the building up in a moral and religious sense, instruction, improvement, and progress of the mind and knowledge and morals and faith and in holiness. He that prophesieth speaketh to men to edification. That was 1 Corinthians 14. So it's instruction, improvement, any useful knowledge, right? So what happens when we get into God's word and, or I should say, when we don't get into God's word and we become backslidden? Because we've slidden already if we're not doing God's will, right? Because we're selective in our hearing, we're selective in our work. We're not doing, or we're not using those gifts. We're like that servant that has one coin, one pound. And we're wrapping it up and keeping it to ourselves. It will be taken away. So we've got damage on our hearts. We've got to chip it away. We've got damage around our heart. The heart's becoming hard. So our spiritual tuner for our ears is broken. It's like a TV set for those of you who remember having rabid ear TVs. I'm, I'm an old guy, so I remember. We've damaged our heart in some way. And it's not in tune with God's word. Are you spending time in your Bible daily? We're not seeking after word or God's word as it was. And once we start our selective hearing, we start not liking what we hear. Sure, what pastor said, I really didn't like that. Right? I don't say that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we start leaning in the wrong direction, right? We start going the wrong way. God starts pulling blessings from us. He will, of course, bring us back. Sometimes it's a painful way back. Sometimes we don't like the way that God brings us back. James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. Wash your hands. Ye sinners. And purify your hearts. Ye double-minded. So God will grant you with his presence. He will bless you with his grace. And wouldn't it be so great? Wouldn't it be so, wouldn't it be great to be so blessed? Amen? John Gill comments on this section in uh, 4.8. And he said, God draws nigh to them by granting them his gracious presence. By communicating his love to them. 
by applying the blessings of his grace, by helping them in times of need and distress, and protecting them from their enemies, the contrary to which is expressed by standing afar off from them. As a parent, we can think of times when our children do ask, we ask, and learn from us, and desire to learn more from us, and are close to us. And we as parents, don't you want to do more when your kids follow your instructions? You can see how they're improving, you're, you're teaching them, you're excited, right? And then you want to do great things for them. I, I mean, that's the way I am, I'm a dad, I want to do that. For when children act this way, they honor us. So if we use our gifts that God has given us, do we not honor the Father? We honor Christ, right? By honoring Christ, we honor the Father. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. In John 5.23, it tells us to honor the Son. Five twenty-three: that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. And he that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which has sent him. If my kids don't listen to me, that's rebellious. Do you think it's good for them when that happens? No. <laughs> In the Old Testament, they did take a bad child very seriously, did they not? If you have a rebellious son, a stubborn son, will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother in Deuteronomy, then shall his father and mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city, under the gate of his place, and they shall say unto the elders of the city, This is our stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Are we not God's children? It's not going to stone us. But he's going to take blessings away from us if we don't do what we should do. Which is when we hear God's word, we take it and share it with others. We need to get our hearts right with God. Come here and become edified and go and share it with the people we come in workplace contact with. Whether as customers or co-workers, whether as employees or employers. James 1.22 Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. So how do we get this right, right? We want to feed the lambs. But my heart is hard at times, right? I, I, I think, wow, after someone leaves, I just said something. Why didn't I? My heart's hard. 
We have to get right by praying, by asking God to forgive our sins, to submitting to his will, to listening to the Holy Spirit, talk to our heart, right? You feel it, you know, and yeah. Come up with your excuse. Let God work on your hearing. Let God fix your spiritual tuner. The way to do that is to get into God's word. Hear the preaching. Listen. And become edified. And David wrote in Psalm 119.36, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies. And Solomon wrote in Proverbs, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine own heart, excuse me, heart to understanding. And then he says in Proverbs 2.10, When wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, direction shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee. Joyfully hear and follow God's command and do work for the Lord and receive his blessings. So the next time you're here for service, I'll do it. Pray you will too. Make sure your heart is in the right condition to hear God's message. What's his message? What is his message? The preaching in this church, what is the message? Pardon? Glorification. Glorify God, glorify the Son, honor the Son. It's all about Christ, right? And then share that with everyone else. I don't know who's here and who's not saved. But if you're not, you know, you can receive the blessings of the Lord too. And I pray that the Holy Spirit can open your heart. You can call upon the name of Jesus to save you. Repent from your sins and be saved. These are things that we talk about. We can all be part of the family of God. And not spend eternity in hell. But we who are saved need to be hearers and doers also. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity this evening, Lord. Just please bless us as we start our week. May we be hearers and doers, Lord. May you not take away the blessings and the gifts that you've given us to spread your word, Lord. May you soften our hearts, open our ears, open our minds to the spreading of the spreading of you, Lord, that you may lift us up and give us the power to do so, Lord, that we know that you will present all opportunities for us, and it's your will, Lord, that we would do such things. And Lord, if we so come in contact with a lamb that you've brought to us, Lord, may that just be great too. We would see some soul saved, Lord, that we would see that we could bring people into this church, Lord, so that they may hear the preaching, 
the feeding of the sheep, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the fact that we have this church to come to, that we have a pastor that is strong in your word, that he preaches the meat of the gospel. Lord, thank you for this opportunity for me to share milk. And Lord, I just thank you for this day. Just please bless us the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.